Today, I really want to talk about what is the correct response to death as a Christian. Amen. What is the correct response to death as a Christian? Okay, I want you to imagine with me right now, okay? You know, when you think about death, what comes to your mind? You know, let's play a word association game. You know, death. Some people will think of death as negative. Some people will think of death as, wow, heaven. Some people will think of death as, you know, fear because, you know, they're not ready. You know, I, I want you to think for a moment or maybe you can have a, a slight discussion with your loved one. When you think of the word death, what comes to your mind? Okay, I'm going to give you two minutes. Okay, two minutes to do this. Okay, maybe two minutes is too long. Let me jump in right away and share with you, you know, today's topic, okay? Death is not a popular subject for casual conversations. I, I'm, I'm sure when you talk about, you know, tell me what comes to your mind when you think about the word death. It's not easy for some. Maybe some people will scold you, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we are bombarded, you know, every day with information about how to lose weight, how to make more money or how to prepare for potential disaster. Only lately, during the pandemic, we are facing the reality of death. And death is a subject most of us would rather avoid. But can any of us afford to ignore the eternal consequences of this ultimate reality? Are you prepared to face the final fact of death? You know, in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. So what are the different meanings of death? For someone who is practical, death is not escapable, but literally inescapable. And idealists like to think and act as though they will never die. However, our fragile and finite life leaves no survival. And yet, as definite as death is to all living creatures, there is hope beyond the grave. Christians believe that death is not the end of our existence. So what is death? There are two kinds of death. Number one is called the first death. And number two, the second death. So let's talk about the first death for a moment. Okay, the first death is the separation of the soul and the spirit, which is the immaterial part from the body, the material part, which ceases to function and returns to dust. Okay, let's turn to a scripture right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Remember your creator now. While you are young, before the silver cord of your life snaps and the golden bowl is broken, for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. You know, death can enter into our lives slowly or strike suddenly. Yet over time, 
death spreads its sorrow evenly, claiming lives of both young and old, rich and poor, strong and weak, snatching anyone, anytime and anywhere. Although there are difference of death, different kinds of deaths, this sudden death is the most unwelcome intruder. And the Bible gives this graphic description in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 21. Death has climbed in through our windows and has entered our fortresses. It has removed the children from the streets and the young men from the public squares. So what is death? Let's talk about the first death. What is death? Death is the separation of the spirit and soul from the present physical body. James chapter 2 verse 26 tells us, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And then death is also the inescapable grave for everyone. Psalms 89 verse 48 tells us, Who can live and not see death? Or who can escape the power of the grave? Death is also the preordained end by God. Psalms 139 verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And then death is also the doorway to your eternal destiny. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 tells us, just as people are destined to die once, and after that face judgment. Death is the end of the physical life due to a permanent cessation of all vital bodily functions. Although we may see birth and death as a beginning and an end, from a biblical perspective, death is, is truly another beginning when the one who dies enter into eternity to face either the judgment seat of Christ for Christians or the white throne judgment for unbelievers. Again, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. And as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this is after this, the judgment. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. At judgment, it will then be decided where you will live for eternity. Here's where separation begins. Whether you live in heaven or hell. Which leads me to talk about the next topic, the second death. The second death is the final destination of the lost, the eternal state of those who reject Jesus Christ. The Bible refers to the second death as the lake of fire or the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So let's turn to the book of Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderous, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Again, 
more of this later on you know in the next few weeks we're going to be talk about uh we're going to be talking about the white throne judgment versus uh the judgment seat of christ and how we will be judged again folks you know how and where you go really depends on how you live for god amen it's not just a mere belief but it is something that we all got to take individually as a responsibility to live our life here on earth amen <laughs> you know uh, uh, again we are not alone we have the holy spirit we have the word of god we have this wonderful thing called prayer we have the body of christ you know and 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 like what i say you know uh, 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 you know we are not alone god is for us so here's a very important question that that i want to address today how did death enter into the human race let's turn to the book of genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 in verse 16 it tells us and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Then let's fast forward, let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as true one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sin okay the first point that i want to mention to you today you know how did death enter the human race it, number one sin came about because of one man okay Number one, here's, here's, here's a very important point here. Sin came about because of one man. You know, uh, let's, let's, let's read our text again, okay? In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says this, Just as through one man, sin entered the world. Sin came about because of one man. And who is that one man? Adam. Scripture puts the blame for human sin squarely on Adam. And according to the Bible, Adam and his wife Eve were the first two human beings in human history. And in the Garden of Eden, God told them clearly not to eat the fruit of a certain tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Adam disobeyed God's command and ate the fruit. And in some mysterious way, Adam's disobedience against God allowed sin and its power into his life, his world, and into the human race. Okay, here's a quick question for you. Did God create our bodies mortal or immortal? In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, and God says, Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Okay? Here's the implication. Humans were made mortal with the potential 
of immortality if access to the tree of life that was granted. Amen. Okay? Immortality was not natural but conditional. Okay? So let's, let's, let's go back to the whole thought. How did death enter into the human race? Number one, sin came about because of one man. And here's the next one. Number two, death followed sin into the world. Let's, let's read the scripture again. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And death through sin. Death followed sin into the world, meaning death also entered the world because of sin. Adam let sin in, and sin brought death along behind it. The Bible is very clear about this. Sin always leads to death. They go hand in hand. Sin kills. If it wasn't for sin, there would be no death. Think about it for a moment. Paul, one chapter later, wrote it this way. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. The death that entered the world includes physical death, our physical mortality and spiritual death, separation from God, which is eternal death or separation from God's presence and love and into the lake of fire. And then the next point, number three, death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 goes on to say, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Once death was in the world, in the Adam, it spread from Adam to everyone. All men means all people as in all mankind. You probably noticed that men aren't the only ones who die. Adam's sin brought death to everyone because his sin spread to everyone. And you see, once sin entered into the world, it was like a virus that spread. This is worse than COVID-19. And once we were all infected with sin, we inherited death. How did this happen? How did we catch the sin disease resulting death from Adam? Well, our text says it happened because all sin. This means that we all sin. All people have chosen the way of Adam and as a result, death has ruled over us. Somehow, Adam was the representative for the entire human race. When he was in the garden, Adam was like a guard posted at the door of the human race, appointed to keep sin and death out. But instead of keeping it out, Adam opened the door and it flooded in like a virus bringing death into this world. Because of Adam's sin, every human being who is born since then has been born with a sin nature. In other words, we don't become sinners when we sin. But we sin because we are sinners. Let me, let me repeat that again. We don't become sinners when we sin. But we sin because we are sinners. 
we have an inborn bent towards rebelling against our Creator. All have sinned, and so all die. Try as we might, we can't beat death ourselves. We invest tons in cosmetic and health products, hoping to somehow hold off death, but it doesn't work. Every day, we read about this horrible diseases, COVID-19, and how it spreads from a, a two-digit, you know, to four digits, and how it is taking lives. But I'm here to tell you there is a more deadly disease than COVID-19. It is called sin. And sin is taking on life 100%. Fatality rate, 100%. Everyone dies because everyone sin. So here's the summary. Because of Adam, death rules us. And we all die because of Adam. And because of Adam's sin, death rules us. We all die because of Adam. Amen. Because of Adam's sin, death rules in our lives. We do not stand a fighting chance. You are dead. You start your journey in life, dead. Hated for death. Amen. Just imagine, you know, when the birth of a child, you know, it's a miracle of birth, but yet at the same time, it is death. Congratulations. You are dead. Thankfully, the story does not end here. And God hates this separation. And He, in His wisdom and His forethought, He devised a plan. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I can't wait to share this part of the story because all this while you've been hearing bad news. But in the books of Romans chapter 5, verse 15, it tells us, but the free gift is not like the offense. Amen. It is not like the offense. But uh, uh, for if by one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God, that the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Here Paul contrasts the sin of Adam and the gift of God. Many died because of one man's sin, but God gives the gift of grace to Jesus Christ that cleans up the mess of Adam made. The gift spoken of here is the forgiveness of your sin, the removal of your sin, the status of righteousness before God because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was God manifested in flesh. God gave His life in place of yours. He took your sin upon Himself and suffered the consequences of it. He did not have to, but He wanted to. It was His gift to you. This gift is truly a gift. It was given freely to you without you earning or deserving it. And this is a very costly gift, the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. God hated the idea of you to be separated from Him. This is why He came as a human being and died on the cross. It took an incredible, significant act for Him to come down as a human by giving up His life to make up for what Adam did. Here's the principle. It takes much more effort to clean up a mess than it does to create, it, create one. Amen. Okay. How does this undo the effects of sin and death? 
Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 16. Okay, Romans chapter 5, verse 16. And the gift is not like that which came to the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offenses, offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. And let's jump down to verse 18 and 19. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Verse 19, For as by one man disobedient, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. Life rules in those who receive this wonderful gift. The result of this is life, the opposite of death. Death rules us, reigns in us because of Adam, but life is given to us in Jesus Christ. If you want to receive the gift of life, it is not enough just to believe in Jesus Christ alone. That's a good starting point. Just like if you believe the vaccination works, it is not enough. You need to go and get yourself a jab. <laughs> How do I get that jab? Acts chapter 2 verse 38 tells us, Then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, make, um, make sure you get this. You need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. And get ready. He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the hope of glory. It is life that will come from the Holy Spirit. And life rules in us through Jesus Christ. We can live because Christ's death. Because of God's gift to us in Christ, we can live. We are dead in Adam, but can live in Christ. Hallelujah. So, so how should we view death as a Christian? Let's turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms 116 verse 15. Okay, Psalms 116 verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Let me repeat that verse again. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. The word precious means valuable, costly. This verse that you are reading, I, I want to remind you, it's not universal. It does not claim to apply to every deaf or every person. That is very clear in this particular scripture. Note what it says again. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The death of his saints Jesus made it very clear that not everyone should look forward to death. You know, in fact, in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 24 to 25, it says this, I tell you the truth, whoever has my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who will hear will live. Amen. 
okay? The, this Psalms, this particular scripture speaks only of the death of the saints. And saints refer not to angels or perfect people or the rare heroes of the church. A saint is one who belongs to God through faith in Jesus Christ by being born again. Those that have been baptized, those that have been repented their sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You, for reference, you need to turn to the books of Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Okay. You know, the scripture that we read earlier on. Those are the ones whose death is precious. So how do we explain this particular verse? How does the value and the preciousness lie in? I think I can explain that from a number of various levels. <laughs> First, this death was precious to the departed because of a reunion. You know, I heard somebody who said this. In fact, it was my dad. You know, he said this. Uh, as older as he get, he expressed this. As a boy, I thought heaven as a city with dooms, steeples, and beautiful streets inhabited by angels. By and by, my little brother died, and I thought of heaven much as before, but with one inhabitant that I knew. Then another died. Then some of my acquaintances. So in time, I begin to think of heaven as containing several people that I knew. Afterward, another went, yet another. By that time, I had so many acquaintances and loved ones in heaven that I no longer thought of it as a city, merely with streets of gold, but as a place full of inhabitants. Now, there are so many loved ones there I sometimes think I know more people in heaven than I do on earth. <laughs> I think this is so true. As we grow older, our friends will slowly, slowly pass away. You know, one of the things that I used to look at my dad, his, his favorite column, okay, his favorite column is uh, uh, the obituary, okay, in straight times, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, he, he loves to look at straight times and, you know, and uh, look at the obituary and I constantly critique him. He said, Dad, I, why, are you, why are you reading obituary? You know, and I didn't know until I become older and I become to be of his age. We realized that when we turn the obituary, we begin to see our friends, a lot of our friends, you know, passing away, I still remember there was a time that I was looking and, and I spotted a lot of my old teachers, you know, uh, teachers that used to teach me, you know, and, and again, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 we realized that our friends become less, you know, because when we die, you know, people that are close to us die too, <laughs> you know, we are not meant to hear for a very long time. So again, you know, if, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, death means a glorious reunion. Okay, and that makes it precious for the same. Next, it also, you know, brings about this thing called rest. A lot of people went through a lot in their lifetime. The Bible promises that when it says in the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 11, blessed are those who died in the Lord for they rest from their labors. Revelation chapter 14 verse 11. This day 
also means rest from the struggles of sickness and infirmity. No more tips or no more trips, sorry, no more trips to the hospital or bad reports. No more endurance of pain and adversity. I still remember the time, you know, every year my dad would go for his medical checkup and every time he would grab hold of me and say this, you know, I don't know what, you know, uh, <laughs> the next report's going to look like. In fact, you know, I don't know what else can I get. You know, he, he showed me, you know, I saw his medical token. It was so thick, you know, and he says, I don't know what now. You know, I think all the diseases that I have, I got it. You know, now I'm just afraid for every medical checkup. You know what I'm talking about? Those of you that are getting older, when we talk about medical checkup, you know, a part of us just start to shiver, you know, what would they find? You know, but, but I'm telling you that, you know, when we go on the other side, there's a rest, no more bad reports, no more painkillers, no more, you know, medical report. You know, I, I, I love this, this idea of rest, you know, uh, uh, you know, in this story that I'm going to read to you. You know, Charles Spurgeon, the great English Victorian preacher, wrote of the death of Richard Baxter, the great preacher. Baxter lay dying. Some of the friends came in to see him. They asked him what we all ask at times, like, how are you doing? Baxter was weak and obviously near death. But with great effort, he answered, I am almost well. Spurgeon explains, death cures. It is the best medicine for they who die are not only almost well, but healed forever. You will see then that the statement of our text implies that the aspect of death is altogether altered from that appearance in which men commonly behold it. Death to the saint is not a penalty. It is not destruction. It is not even a loss. When we die, our sickness is over once and for all. Precious is the death of his sins. Death in those, those that have departed is a reunion, a rest, and a reward that fulfills what life was meant to be. But as important as that is, this is not what the text is all about. We have not yet talked about the most important part of the verse. Precious in the sight of the Lord. It is not saying precious in the sight of the saints. He says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Amen. So let's talk about precious in the sight of the Lord. This verse speaks from the perspective of God and not the individual that has been, uh, that has departed in the sight of the Lord. In this context, this Psalms is really about life and not death. It speaks about protection the Lord provides in times of trouble and danger. It is a reminder about how much God values us in life and death, especially life. Listen to how Psalms 116 verse 1 and 4 begins. I love the Lord for He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because He turned His ear to me. I will call on Him as long as I live. The cause of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then 
I call on the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Hallelujah. So when we talk about precious in the sight of the Lord, you know, uh, uh, is the death of his sins. You know, God doesn't take our life and death lightly. We matter to him. Humans are the crown of his creation, more valuable than the greatest treasure. He fashioned us from the dust of the earth, but he made us in his own image. We bear his likeness. We are precious to our God in life and in death. But there is something more. Our God values us so much that he became our savior by paying the price for our sins on the cross, regardless of who you are, regardless of where we live, regardless of what we have, regardless of what we've done. He offers us this free gift of forgiveness and life everlasting through faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that death, the last enemy is to be destroyed. Amen. Death is the last enemy to be destroyed. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And again, because of what he did, the price Jesus paid to provide eternal life to all who put their confidence in him. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. And what Jesus did on the cross when he rose from the grave, it turned us, death is turned to a positive state of being for every true Christians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. And the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. So a person who has responded to the gospel message by being born according, according to Acts chapter 238, thus making Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior will go immediately into his presence. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't we just take time right now? You know, aren't you glad? Precious. You know, we are precious in the sight of the Lord. Amen. We are precious. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and me. Hallelujah. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Hallelujah. There is a reunion. There is a rest. Amen. But the reunion that takes place is more than just about those 
loved ones that have went ahead of us. It's a reunion of our relationship. It's a reunion from the lover of our soul, our Savior and our God. Amen. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And where Jesus is, there's going to be rest. Amen. There's going to be rewards. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't we just take, lift our hands right now and take a moment, amen, to give Him praise and honor. Father, we thank You, Jesus God, for what You have done, Lord. Lord, we recognize Lord, Lord, what you did, God, right now, God, and Lord, because of sin, God, Lord, when Adam sinned, death came. Hallelujah, God, and all men, God, are infected with this disease called sin. It's an incurable disease, God. And I pray, God, for us, God, that sometimes, God, we heard it so many times, and, and sometimes, God, we don't understand, God, the penalty of this sin is death, Father. Lord, we get a little bit, Lord, uh, anxious or, or, or we are we are anxious when when we hear people getting COVID but but at the same time God we need to be anxious God Lord when we hear of people Lord everywhere that, that we need to be concerned and and begin to pray for all those God oh Lord all Lord all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and and Lord sometimes God we 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 we, we don't understand God the the, the consequences and sometimes Lord I speak for myself Lord that we flirt around with sin <laughs> and, and I can imagine what heaven is looking at Lord oh, you know after all that you have done for us God and, and, and we quickly want to get ourselves infected and many times God in the books of Romans chapter 6 it says God Lord that, that Lord do not have do not let sin have dominion over us because when sin have dominion over us God that what would happen to God is that the penalty of sin is death and that we no longer have that relationship or that connection with you and Father for that we ask, God, that you will forgive us, Lord. Lord, we ask, God, that you will cleanse us, God, right now. Lord, to have that kind of attitude. But most importantly, God, I pray today, hallelujah, God, there's a message that we need to tell the whole world. God, there is the second death. God, the physical death, God, is for all men. But the second death, Lord, Lord, the second death may not be for all men. The eternal separation, I, I pray, God, right now, God, that you put an urgency, you put a burden for us, for the lost world. God, if this message, God, needs to go forth, God, I pray. And, and Father, I just want to pray, God, for all those, God, that are watching in that may have not known you yet, Lord. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray, God, that you, they will begin to investigate, Lord, this matter because your scripture says, seek and he shall find. And I pray, God, there are many questions. And Lord, this one hour of message, God, may not be good enough. But God, I pray and I appeal to those that are watching, I pray, God, that you would draw them today, Lord, that nobody, God, needs to suffer the second death, Father. And God, if they put their faith in you, I pray, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, that you will, Lord, reveal yourself in a special way. We pray especially for the lost. And I pray, God, that there are people that we know that are lost. Maybe, Lord, in our own homes, God, I pray, God, that, Lord, that you will reach them, God, that you will put a holy discontent in their life so that, Lord, that you awaken a hunger, God, of eternity and the message of hope that comes from the glorious gospel. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, I pray, God, that you will help us be your hands and feet, Lord, to reach out to them, God. Let us be your voice, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will open a door where there seems to be no 
way, God, that you will begin to speak to our loved ones. And Lord, let us do it gently. Let us do it, oh God, in a way, Lord, that they can understand. So Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we want to commit our loved ones into your hands. But God, before we end, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you will begin to touch, God, all men, Lord, that you begin to draw all men unto you, Father. Lord, again, God, I pray, God, that you begin to use us, the body of Christ, right now to reach out, not to those, God, who have not known you yet. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we commit, God, all those that are watching. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, if you are watching this for the first time and things are not clear, you know, uh, because I've only got one hour, you know, with you and you're watching this for the first time and you want to know more about Jesus Christ and, and more of this subject that we're going to be talking about, you know, I recommend you, you know, today to give us an opportunity to teach you a 12-week home Bible study called Unlocking the Bible. Amen. We are doing this free of charge. You know, you ask, how can we do it in a pandemic uh, setting? You know, I cannot get out. We are more happy than to do this, this unlocking the Bible via Zoom. You know, you'll be in a context of one-on-one -on -one so that, you know, we encourage uh, uh, people, you know, to ask questions so we can, you know, we can look up the scripture to find answers for you. You know, I really, you know, invite you to allow us, you know, I, I here's, here's something that I really believe everybody deserves to hear the glorious gospel. And, and during this 12-week home Bible study, it'd be free of charge. Nobody is wanting you to join a church. But I appeal to you, you know, to open your hearts and you open and God wants to reveal himself. You know, I did not become a preacher overnight. I, somebody, you know, Sister Jenny Miller, the lady that was responsible to share the glorious gospel and I thank God for her. You know, I have a lot of questions, but somebody need to sit me down and, and make me walk through it and and. And, and help me understand what does God's story look like. <laughs> Too many times we misunderstand God because of the things that we see, but there's another side of the story. And, and we find this story in this thing called the Bible, the 66 love letters, you know, that God has given to us, you know, and, and by reading it, yeah, you can read it, but sometimes you can misinterpret it because you don't understand the context. So I invite, you know, you, if you're watching for the first time, even at Tabernacle, joy is good refreshment or refreshing, you know, if you were to sign up and, 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 and go for this unlocking the Bible again. Amen. So again, you know, God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, the next few uh, weeks, we'll be covering things like, you know, if you want to know about the, the, the great white throne judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, what does heaven look like? You know, uh, uh, what does, uh, 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 you know, God says about this place called uh, hell or Hades, you know, there are many terms for it, but, but anyway, you know, we, we're going to talk about things that we need to know. <laughs> you know, don't wait till the last minute and say, Pastor, you never tell me. <laughs> you know, I want to let you know what's awaiting for us on the other side. This is the blessed hope. You know, again, you know, thank you for allowing me to share this with you. And we look forward to having you back next week. God bless you. God protect you. May the hands of the Lord be upon you. Be in His presence. Be safe in Jesus' name.